Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Greetings and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. With me, your host this evening, Ian, and we have Brian. Hi. And we have Andy, too. Hello. How are we all doing this evening? Very well. Yeah. Really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're good. We're good. I thought we, I'd, I'd like to ask how everybody's doing. I think sometimes we just go straight in and I'm like, let's, let's find out how everybody is before we go in because, you know, somebody might have something going on and then we can share it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. So this evening's conversation, as Brian rightly points out, is an interesting one. We're going to be talking about, I guess, the wave of Disney live action remakes or the reimagining, shall we say. It's, uh, it's an interesting discussion that I think has a lot of points of uh, interest and things to discuss. I'm just going to put my cards on the table straight away. I am... I love Disney animation. Like I grew up watching those films as a kid um, and it was a big part of my childhood. So I probably <laughs> admit that I have some bias going into this um, for the animation, but I don't like the live action remakes that we're getting. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Like, you do I, surprise me. Yeah, I know me, the most like yeah. middle of the way person that you've oh, yeah. ever met in your life. I've had no <laughs> strong opinions on any films. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I have a lot of problems with them, which we can go into further. Um, um, I think there's a lot of things. I think they're exercises in nostalgia. Uh, peddling which uh, we can discuss further and we can maybe see how we all feel so uh let's let's go down on my list how i see it brian what are your thoughts on the uh i guess the wave of live action films that we're seeing i mean i i think they're very accomplished uh, mm -hmm. great examples of film modern filmmaking mm -hmm. um i think generally generally the remake 
I often think to myself, what is the point of a remake, really, apart from the obvious mm. that it's there to make money? But from an artistic point of view, what is it trying to achieve? It's a bit like doing a cover version of a classic song, isn't it? What are you adding to it? Mm. What I think is interesting with Disney, Disney remakes, is that you're comparing an animated feature with um, a state-of-the-art modern approach to filmmaking mm-hmm. where you've got live action mixed in with CGI. Um, I do agree with your earlier point about the animated versions being being the best because they're quite sacred in a way because yes. you know they mark our childhood in a way don't yes. they one of the earliest films i can remember watching was the jungle book oh, from it's 67. so good it's so good it's beautiful yeah it's a beautifully put together film mm-hmm. right and in some ways you think it's almost untouchable and it brings me back to my original point about why that films are remade mm-hmm. but i think because you've got two it's an interesting discussion because you've got uh, two entirely different approaches to making films, mm-hmm. particularly with the older animated films, where they're, they're literally drawn by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's even more of a contrast. That's what what I find really really interesting about it. But you know the uh, live action live a- the live action features they make now mm. are just so good. Oh, they're so good, they're, they're almost clinical. Fair enough. Uh, it's very interesting. I. I... I didn't expect that from well, you. An opposite opinion to my own. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's strange how that happens, isn't it? We'll agree know. on something one of you're, these days. You're, you're my floating door. Maybe we shouldn't uh, reference things from other shows. Uh, we'll move on. <laughs> perhaps not. Andy, you, how do you sit on these films? Are you going to be maybe more in the middle of how we are? Or do you side with one of us more? If you if you uh, know what's right, you should side with me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I am going to have to sit somewhere in the middle that's fair that's fair um it's good to have three points yeah i'm so i i i'm agree with you um ian that it is i'm really not that fussed about things needing to be live action i think animation is a great medium i actually think things particularly with that kind of hand-drawn stuff actually date less um, I well, I'll get into that, but yeah, I, like VFX <laughs> and stuff in a in a, a live action film with a visual effects mm. date quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, CGI dates quickly, or you know, pre CGI mm. special effects date quickly. Whereas, you know, I think some people forget that um, Cinderella, Snow White, Dumbo, mm-hmm. that era of Disney was decades before Aladdin, Mulan, Beauty and the Beast era of Disney because they're both kind of flat 2d animation mm-hmm. i think people forget that they're in different dead from different times and different eras because just on the face of it you look at like a picture you know it doesn't look that different mm-hmm. and i think it was only when they started making the kind of what we'll call the more more pixar style more sort of 3d style animation mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. moana and frozen stuff that it i think it changed but so actually there's a lot to be said for just keeping things as animation i don't see the need to redo things from an mm-hmm. artistic point of view i I've long been a believer that we, uh, the film industry does remakes completely wrong because we shouldn't remake good films. Oh, you should remake bad films. Yes, I was going to get on Surely to that's point. the point I of redoing totally something. I totally agree with you. I'm sorry to just jump on you. Yeah, yes. No. I 100% you wouldn't said this resit so much. an exam that you pass would yes, you yes no i 100% agree it what sorry listeners because i've no. I, me and oh, <laughs> andy you are me and you are on the same page i have long said that the thing what hollywood should do or at least the film industry should do i shouldn't just say hollywood remake bad films cuz like yeah. or why... mediocre films that that yeah. didn't quite live Ch- up to yeah p- p- case in point the planet of the ape remakes 
Like Rise yes. of the Planet of the Apes, yes. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. They're all the weird ones. Like beneath the Planet of the Apes, around the Planet of the Apes, to the side of the Planet of the Apes. Like, do those ones. They're the ones to do. Yes. All right. Carry on, Andy. Sorry. I'm just yeah, really no, excited to meet somebody who agrees with me. Just, I think that's, when you think about it, it's just really obvious. And it's obvious also why it hasn't happened. But because the original films weren't that good and weren't that popular, they therefore yeah. didn't have, um, you don't have as much commercial potential. Mm-hmm. I do think there is something to be said for it remaking good films i think if there's maybe a good film that is perhaps in its attitudes a bit dated mm-hmm. you know that's worth of worthy of an update perhaps mm-hmm. um to bring what is maybe a good story that's been tarnished now by those kind mm. of um prejudices and things bring mm-hmm. it out to a new audience would be nice mm-hmm. i think perhaps maybe i i don't really know you know speaking as a white man i don't think i know necessarily how much of a difference this makes but there is perhaps a difference for some of the ones with, you know, non-white casts. Yes. Having, seeing not just an animated version of mm-hmm. yourself, but perhaps a live action version of yourself, which gives more, mm-hmm. which perhaps doesn't really make any difference if you're a viewer. But what does make a difference is the fact that all those parts are being played mm-hmm. by actors of colour. They're not mm-hmm. being, whereas in a lot, if we look think Aladdin, Mulan, that we're probably going to talk about, a lot of those um, people of colour as characters are voiced mm-hmm. by white actors. That's an interesting um, point, yeah. Which is a nice thing to be able to correct, I think. Mm. Um, mm. I had never you, thought about that. That's could you point. not just make an, a, a different, new, exciting, original film with a yeah, white uh, cast? The answer yes. is yes. <laughs> so um, I don't think that's a good enough reason in itself to justify it, but mm. it is perhaps a reason to perhaps favour remaking some of those ones. Um, over, say, the Lion King. I think that's fair. I think that's maybe. Fair. Although the Lion King, again, they've got more... Um, black actors doing the voices they did and i know barry jenkins has said he really wants to lean into the film set in africa um Mm -hmm. when he's Mm -hmm. doing this sequel or prequel or whatever it is he's doing which is yeah yeah um so yeah in general i enjoyed the remakes like i didn't mind them but i just thought it's most of them i don't really see the point still having watched them yeah i think other than maybe actually sorry i'll just quickly say some of the really old ones and we'll maybe get on to this, but Dumbo, Cinderella, the really old ones, they're, I think, weirder than we thought or remembered. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Cinderella is like, it's just a cat chasing a mouse for like half of it. I know. I, tell, I watched that recently. And it's really yeah, short it's weird, as well. It? They don't actually short. spend much time telling the Cinderella story no, at all. Yeah. So that I can see. I'm like. Also, Dumbo's a, really weird. That's a really weird. Oh, film. the trip with the. Oh, Oof, that oh. is a really weird film. Um, I mean, the, the, the new one's elephants. also weird, but we'll get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think with with maybe with Cinderella in particular, they, I think we're almost redoing the story, yeah. the fairy tale, as opposed to remaking the film. Do yes. you think is a better way? Well, that you're going to do it. Gets me onto, I guess, my perspective on it. The remaking of the fairy tale. That's a yes. really, really good point to transition. For the I ones guess, that into, are fair, yeah. Yes, Which it's a good are. point to transition into what I guess my my perspective on this is. Now, <laughs> yeah. um, I, as I said before, I think there's an element of so to dissect it quite a lot. Um, I d- this remaking trend that we're seeing, I think people have gone, oh, Disney are doing this now. Disney have always tried to attempt to do this. And when we were in the mm-hmm. 90s, we saw 101 Dalmatians being remade. And mm-hmm. it was successful first one, the second one less so. At that mm-hmm. point, the CEO or chairman of Disney, this is like a little bit of a history lesson. Everybody sit around. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was Mike uh, Eisner, because it's now Bob Eigner. I believe, I believe. If I've got these names wrong, 
Uh, don't write in because I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, um, Mike Eisner is uh, quoted as saying, uh, yeah, I've got it right way around. He's quoted as saying they're not here to make history. They're not here to make art. We're here to make money. And that perspective of making films and making um, uh, cinema is something that very heavily lent into the way in which Disney moved into the 1990s. They remade films, 101 Dimensions, and they also had a lot of straight-to-TV remakes, like uh, Return of Jafar, uh, the third one, which I forget the name of. Prince of Thieves, got it. Um, And they had a lot of those, Cinderella 1 and 2, 2 and 3, and it didn't translate as well as this uh, era because then we have somebody called uh, with Robert Iger, who very much was the protege of uh, Mike Eisner, who's been able to translate that idea of a remake inherently by not just putting the same story directly in front of you, but having enough of the same story with a slight difference on it. So I think, you know, case in point in like the Jungle Book, which I actually did enjoy. I liked the Jungle Book. Oh, I love that. It was very good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. We had this perspective of maybe Shere Khan isn't incorrect about Mowgli being dangerous, or we have Beauty and the Beast being far more answering all the nitpicky people being like, why is everybody cursed in the castle as well? Um, Somebody who did an amazing video on this and where I've got a lot of information from my research on this is uh, Lindsay Ellis on uh, YouTube. She has an amazing video about all of this and the, the remaking of it. I don't think there's inherently anything wrong about reimagining these fairy tales because at their core, Disney reimagined fairy tales. These are all original fairy tales that were kids' books from back when we were like from ages ago, from like some of them even as far back as Middle Ages. Some of these are crazy, crazy old stories. And I have no problem with them being remade. The issue is that they are not reimagining those stories, but rather just presenting the exact same Disney film but in a different, slightly different way to then give the nostalgia days that creates these films. People go to see them because it's nostalgic rather than inherently having something of artistic worth, which is what Michael Eisner talked about, that they're not here to make that, they're here to make money. And that's what these do, they make money. So I have an issue with them in that sense. They are not here to give us anything of artistic worth, but rather just here to present us with financial worth for Disney, which has worked. Their profit has gone through the roof with these. They have gone crazy successful. Uh, But go ahead, Brad. No, I was just going to say, I just find that quote that you read out from Bob Eisner, right? Mike my heart's my my heart is not. I beg your pardon. Right. Um, Robert Iger is the other one. They're very similar it. names, and they're yeah, I know they would be, wouldn't they? they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're um, all the same. I just find that that kind of attitude. My heart sinks when he says Sad, it's all about it? making. Sad. I know that's what it's all about, but you see, the thing is, it shows shows you how the film industry has changed because mm. years ago it's always been about making money. Mm-hmm. It's an industry. It's a business. Mm-hmm. But when they actually say we don't care about the artistic integrity mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. care about the concept we don't care about making something that's going to stand mm-hmm. for a hundred years you know years ago old style hollywood mm-hmm. they used to care about leaving something that would last mm-hmm. and stand up walt disney his ambition was to yes to make money but to make great films you know he that, has an amazing quote as well which i was going to go to his yeah. quote is i've always been like it's something along the lines of i'm in the art of making not store uh, not films for just children but the children inside all of us 
yeah. and that these have to be more than just a story, but a story that we can yeah. relate to. It shows a different mindset of creating. Now, he wanted to make money too, as you say. Like, he yeah, would, of course. There's a lot of nasty stuff about Walt Disney. Look into the Disney cities they tried to make. I know. But yeah. um, they, he, it's a different attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I Very know. different attitude. Yeah. yeah. And of course, re- really, I mean, this goes back to our earlier point about why remakes happen in the, in the first place. Mm. You need to add value, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, by all means, make money. Of course, why not? But, you know, add something to it. Yes. Make it better. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to present it in a different way? And this is where I think there's an interesting dynamic between old-style animation mm-hmm. and live-action features. Because, mm-hmm. you you know, it's a different approach to filmmaking, but um, it's it's how you portray the same story, isn't it? Well, it makes me sad, that, though. Sorry to jump in there, Andy. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat yeah. sad by the the focus on these live actions because i i am somebody who very much values animation in extremely high regard i love animated features i love animated films i love animated shows like that's all i tend to watch if anybody knows me personally they know that that's a passion that i've always had is animation i wish i was a better artist because i'd love to do it but i'm just not and i think there's something that inherently animation can do that live action can't and i'm not saying that live action is restrictive or live action films don't have merit of course they do they tell a different type of story but aladdin aladdin which is one of my favorite films as a kid i loved that film aladdin having like these beautiful set pieces this stunning rich colors these crazy beautiful aspects to them the remake is sad to watch because you've got this horrific cgi uh genie which is awful no offense will smith mm. but it is terrible i've yeah, seen better deep good. fakes than yeah. uh, you know that like the one of steve buscemi giving a speech at the oscars like he looks way better in that than uh, <clears> the the um the cgi in uh the aladdin it's terrible and it just makes me sad that there's this sort of attitude that the live action is almost inherently doing something that the the animation can't because in fact i think the animation is doing something that live action could never achieve case in point of that recently is into the spider-verse i think that film did something that just live action could not do and i i mean i'm just i'm gonna be always banging on the drum that like animation is something that we shouldn't discredit but i understand perhaps the difficulties it faces so another fact that i researched into this is that the mary poppins sequel um it had an amazing bit in it where they went into the the the, the pot they got sucked into like the pot and it came back with mm. like uh, old uh, disney animation from back in the day apparently that added two years to the post-production because it <laughs> had to call, they had to bring out of retirement a lot of original animators to do this yeah. by hand so yeah. i understand why that's like really but- hard yeah, I mean, I, I I love the animated features. I probably do prefer them, but I think there's value in the remakes in the way they come across, the good ones anyway. Mm. But don't you think, though, that with animation, you were talking about animation giving us something that live action never could. Isn't it really plugging into our imagination a lot more with an animated yeah. feature? Yeah. What do you think, you know? Andy? Do you think it does? Yeah, I think there's a certain magic. So, like, there's a certain magic to the animation that I think has a... There's a sweep, isn't there? I think mm. Aladdin you were talking about where there's those chase sequences and things. There's a far more wonder to it, mm. you know? And I think the 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 thing is, the thing is when you're making a live action film, you're then playing in a different wheelhouse and comparing yourself to something different. 
Mm-hmm. I think an animated action sequence, say a chase, in an animated film has its own charm to it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not all about mm-hmm. size. It's about detail and it's about yeah, invention, vision. right? Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. I think as soon as you start going into live action and what they did in Aladdin, they increased the size, they increased the spectacle a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You then start to say, okay, well, if that's what we're doing, is making, you know, more realistic live mm-hmm. action that is exciting because it looks real and exciting and actiony, mm-hmm. as opposed to wondrous and magical. Well, then you've got to be really good or then you're just a not very good action film. I you know, agree. it's not, yeah. it's not Mad Max Fury Road. Like <laughs> if you want to watch a good, but you know I mean, if you want to watch serious no, good live action, action, chasing, I'm you watch that. Aladdin in Mad Max. That's yeah. <laughs> you see what I mean? You don't, you're not going to watch no, um, I agree. Aladdin for that. It's not, it's not going to get on that level because it's, you haven't got time to do that or, the attention, so, or that, or that it's to, you know, it's to be too highly rated in terms of um, you know, yeah, being eighteen or whatever. That's a so, very good point. I just thinking of that. Then I think it's it's important, I guess, for the listeners and ourselves here too. I guess because we've kind of set out our arguments because there's a lot there um, to, de- to like uh, break down, and I there's other stuff that I would like to highlight moving forward. But I think there's a question then, I guess, in this that. Do we think that there's any of these remakes that have a merit to them? And if we do, why are they perhaps more there? And I think also a crucial aspect of this that we hinted to at the start is that I think there's inherently two different types of these remakes. There's remakes, which is like, as you highlighted, Andy, the Cinderella's, which are like Mm -hmm. the almost like a shot for shot remake at points. But then there's these reimaginings, which is what we're getting in Cruella and Maleficent. And is there something that they're doing differently that has more merit than, say, these remakes? What do you guys think? Well, I would say um, the Cinderella is not perhaps the one I would go with as the example of a sort of shot-for-shot type thing. I think Cinderella yeah, is one that expands a bit more. Okay. And I was going to say that. I think Lion King is your perfect example of you. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's the one I saw in IMAX. I mean, I okay, it, the Lion <laughs> yeah. King has has no... Um, it doesn't have no merit. I would say... You, I think you said in the start, Brian, that some of these mm. remakes are incredible cinematic achievements. Mm. I don't think the Lion King is a great cinematic achievement. I think it's a great scientific you. achievement. Like, yeah. it's, mm. it is... It is Undeniably, it is astonishing what they mm. can do with mm. the technology it does to make this animal. Because it is, let's not forget, also, we keep calling these live action. Lion King is not live action, it's animated film. It is. It's completely it is. made on computers. Yeah. Right? A couple of the shots of the, ba- of the background are real, but yeah. like it was pretty much entirely made on computers. Mm-hmm. And that is astonishing that they can do that. But it, why? I don't think it has a cinematic <laughs> merit. You know, it was, um, oh. it reminds me of Jurassic Park. You know the famous line: "You were too busy. You were too busy wondering whether you could that you didn't stop to think whether you should." You should. That's such yeah. a good. That is my entire argument for all these films. Like, yeah. what, oh, but I don't. I think the the Lion King is the one that's the most. Up. And then yeah, again, there I is agree. some I reason. Really didn't like that film. I, I I didn't really dislike it. I still <laughs> enjoyed it. I think the songs were still good. The voice cast was good. Mm. You know, very little of the voice cast was an upgrade. You know, mm. but I liked bits. Did of you it. say it was an upgrade or not upgrade? Not upgrade. 
Oh, thank God. I, I, think... was, about to, I was about to say. <laughs> some what? of it was basically the same, I'd say. Some of the voice casts were basically the same. Yeah. Some were a bit of a downgrade. Beyonce, um, I'm sorry. I, lo- I really like Beyonce, but she she's not a great actress. She's not. She's not. Uh, it's I, mean, like I, don't think she has, yeah, I don't think she has enough to do to retell how good a performance no, is. It's just, just Nala, very... in her voice and the original Nala, I don't think I, I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. I, just, I don't think I'm particularly exciting it. in any way, but no, I like no. Seth Rogen. In, I think he's very, very well cast uh-huh. as a warthog. Mm-hmm. Bless him. Um, <laughs> I love Seth Rogen. Um, I think he's very well cast. But you look at, for example, John Oliver as Zazu mm. compared yeah, to Rowan great. Atkinson as Zazu. Not great. You know, yeah. he's fine, but it's just a it's just a dull down version of the original, yeah. which was just spot on casting. Chuetta Ledger Ford does a good job, but he's not Jeremy Irons. You know? you know, I was about to say that is the biggest example for me of voice acting failures, or not failures, but just how it didn't work as well. The all hail the king moment is just so not intimidating at all. Like it's fine. I when he was falling and then the little yes, yeah, that was one I, just, of the, I laughed I for a film laughed. that was so shot, so detailed and so mm. similar. Mm. The odd bit they change. Yeah. He doesn't give his whole speech about yep. like he just says "Oh, hell, the king and the yops," and I'm like, "What? Yeah. That's not how it's supposed to happen." <laughs> and the other thing is, seeing as we're now just talking about the Lion King, yeah, let's just go into that. The, Forget my question. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, one of the one of actually, and I actually genuinely think that of all the people, the new voice cast, I think Jim Carrey does a really good job by and large. But I do also think Jeremy Irons was so per- perfect for yeah. it and it's yeah. in my head again it came first so it's always going to be what's in your head you know somebody yeah. who grows up with this one might think differently yeah but mm-hmm. the main difference i think in scar and one of the worst things is he doesn't look right mm. and the, he doesn't look right because mm. he looks like a real lion yeah and that's that not a huge problem with that film that's that not useful problem. mufasa yeah. and simba it makes sense because he's so majestic because real lions look mm. majestic you know mm. they do and i think that's right but but the animated scar mm-hmm. was had a, an exaggeration. He was, and he had that kind of orange fur, and it was, mm. it, his face. It was his his smile, his art, mm. his something about just the way he looked and moved. It was mm. more expressive mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. He, real lions don't express that much emotion on their face. No, you know, you know in, what, in, me, in human ways, uh, and we're supposed to relate. Said the same thing. We yeah. said the mm. exact same thing that the 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 it was too realistic. It was too. We much. don't re- we don't want to relate to them as lions because <laughs> we need to relate to them yeah. on a human level. All films about animals <clears throat> are really just ciphers <clears throat> and symbols for for humans and human <clears throat> emotions, <clears throat> and it's harder to relate to a real lion because yeah. it doesn't look like a human. And I no, think I we largely get away with it. Like Scar's the worst example where he just looks like a slightly different lion to <clears throat> Mufasa. Whereas in the film, in the animated version, you somehow all of that detail. It's night and day, you yeah, know? Yeah. Difference between the two of them, I do, think. Do, I completely agree. I completely agree with you in Lion King. I had a lot of problems watching it. I really didn't like it when I watched it. Um I was I saw it with my partner and we both actually audibly laughed out loud when that all <laughs> hell the king bit happened. Do you find Brian then, I guess that I mean, I've actually forgotten my original question, but do you uh, Oh, that was it. I that was it. Do you think the the there is merit? I know that you do, but I guess which one would you say is more inherently? Because we've talked about one there that yeah. we don't think has merit. And, yeah. and no. isn't. Is there one that you go there is merit to that one? Yeah, yeah, and, there, are. there are. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, there are. I mean, I agree that The Lion King is one of the weaker efforts. It's one of the weaker remakes mm. in this strand, if you like. So I agree with you there. Um, I think that tells you more about 
the way modern filmmaking's going now, it's almost too clean and too sterile. And I think that could mm-hmm. be the problem now. Is it's too good, mm-hmm. right? But I think one film that does have merit in again in this strand that we're discussing here, I think is the Jungle Book. Mm. Interesting. The 20- directed by the same director. Both of them are by John Favreau. I know, it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. But, you, but you see, I think um, Jungle Book works a lot better. I think the the casting's brilliant. Mm. I think you know you've got Bill Murray, Bill Murray playing Baloo. Yeah, very good casting. You've got uh, Ben Kingsley playing uh, playing Bagheera. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Idris Elba playing Shere Khan. Great casting. But all, but but the masterstroke is that they got Christopher Walken playing King Louis. Yeah. But he plays him like a mafia boss, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he does. and I think all of that just adds again back to that that mm. phrase, adding value. It just mm. gives it that extra push that it needs. Mm. Now I see that. Yeah. Now as much as I, I I love the original animated version, I think Jungle Book, the live action version from 2017. Does does stand up mm-hmm. as a film of real merit? Okay, I'm but glad I, I you think... didn't. I'm glad. I thought for a minute there, Brian, and I was about to say this podcast what? is over. I thought you were going to say it's better, and I was about to say, no, 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 never say that. No, 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 no. You see, no, to me, this, yeah, I agree to, with you, with Jungle Book. To, to me, um, some some films are untouchable mm. insofar they don't. Nothing compares to them. So in some ways, you can't compare. The Jungle Book from 1967 mm-hmm. with the Jungle Book of 2017. It's just, they're different. But you can't compare them in a way. You can't. The same story, but they're just different. But I, I think Jungle Book in 2017 stands on its own as a very entertaining film, a very I, well-made film. I agree with you. It's probably my only one. that, And it was, I think it's one of the very early ones in this wave that we're getting. Um it, it is one of the ones that I would agree with everything that you kind of say there, barring the comparison bit. I think we can compare, and I think one of the bits for me that is perhaps, and we've it's been touched upon by some of you, some of you, there's only two of you, uh, <laughs> it's been touched upon by both of you here, but I was going to get onto it, um, uh, but I think it's a good point. I agree with you that I think the Jungle Book, and it kind of links back to my original point that I have no problem with these these stories being retold uh, because they are themselves not Disney stories. They are Roger Kipling or you know uh, the Hans, I think some of them are the Brothers Grimm's tales and things like that. So I've got no issues with them being retold. And I think the Jungle Book, as you rightly point out, it does something enough different to the mm. first one like that i'm happy with it but yeah this the thing that i do think i compare and i'm like and all of them have this problem i think across the board i kind of have this problem with all of them including jungle book which is the one i like the music is not as good because the yeah. people in them like when you when you look at the jungle book Mm. There were jazz bands that actually recorded and they, they used some of the movements that they did in the studio when recording mm. in the animation, which is amazing. That's a great story that like isn't known as much, but some of the movements that they were doing when they were doing I Want to Be Like You, yeah. the, the Walt Disney thought was hilarious. So he added them to the, the actual animation. I like Christopher yeah. Walken but he's not a great singer. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a problem it, with all of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the same goes for all of them, really, doesn't it? I mean, you've raised an interesting point there, Ian, because the soundtrack to the original Jungle Book in 1967 mm-hmm. was amazing. Amazing. Fantastic. Great mm-hmm. songs. But also you had uh, proper singers, Broadway entertainers yes, like Thor Broadway, Harris 100%. and um, Louis Prima. Yeah. You know, 
they could all really sing. Mm-hmm. They could not only sing a song, but they could perform it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between just singing a song and performing it. Yeah. Right. And that's what you got on the soundtrack to the original Jungle Book. And that, that increased its luster, if you like. Yeah. And, yeah. Here's you know? a question for both of you. Is there any song from any of these remakes that you like? That's a classic. Because I, mm. I'm telling you now, if there is, I won't know it. Because <laughs> I, 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 the one that I always think to is Beauty and the Beast. I don't dislike Emma Watson. I think she's, uh, is it Emma Watson in that? Yeah, no. Emma Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike her as an actress. I think she's really good. I have a lot of time for her. I think she's very like accomplished and I want to see her in more things. But ah, that film is just so sipid and like her singing in it is just like fine. Like this is whereas I could watch... Yeah. original Beauty and the Beast, which I believe won an Oscar, but like it is stunning. Like it's a stunning yeah. film. So is there either for you, Andy, like is there one that you think to yourself that's a great piece of music? If the, you can't the, answer, that's fine. The, there's none there's been none that I've heard the song and and I haven't seen all of them. I will point out I haven't seen all of them. Um, but Lion King yeah, you had it now checking. <laughs> Lion King there were none no. in there that I listened to and was like, that was better than the first than the original mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean you, you had Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, and Beyonce yeah. singing um, "Can You Feel the Love Tonight." I was like, "It's two, you know, nobody's denying they're incredible singers. No, they're amazing singers." And it was good. It was very good, but it did also just feel a bit less hollow, doesn't it? It, it felt like a little bit less hollow, Disney-y. It yeah. felt less like it belonged in that film, and it was that song, you know. And again, maybe that's because I'm so used to the original. But mm-hmm. I do just feel like it wasn't quite right, and that. Listening, I've only you know seen it once. Uh, same mm-hmm. with Aladdin, but both times um, they both got a, a new song in. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I was the, about to ask the, the Lion King. Do you, know, King the, do you know what the original song's called for the Lion King? Without looking it up, no. They... But I do. <laughs> what I was going to say, dude, is that I, I did actually really like the new song, Speechless one in mm. Aladdin. I did actually mm. think that was really good. Mm. Um, I think she's got a really good voice, and I think. It was a good song. I think, you know, I was listening to it. I was like, yeah, this is this is a good one. I could, I'd listen to this again. Hmm. You know, I'd sing this when I was cooking. Like, <laughs> or in well, the shower. You're, well, you're cooking, Andy. What are you making? <laughs> All sorts. Um, <laughs> um, um, something vegan, though. I'll plug that. Oh, that's fair. Um, wow. That's cool. That's I like oh, wow. that. Yeah, I, uh, no, um, but yeah, no, the, the, I was very disappointed. The liking one, I, mean, I haven't listened to it as a song in its own right. When it happened in the film, I'm like, okay, so you've just elongated this bit yes, where he walks. You basically made a shot for shot remake and you've elongated this bit yeah. where he walks back. You've yeah. given Nala maybe half a scene more to make mm-hmm. it look like you're giving one of the few more characters a bit more mm-hmm. to do, which just seemed a bit cynical to me. It was a bit like, oh, whereas I think they did do that a bit, you know, they gave Jasmine a better arc in Aladdin. They actually, mm. you know, the whole thing with her becoming the Sultan and. It was like it did have a bit more meat to it with her storyline in Aladdin. I think they kind of dealt with that a bit better and gave her a good new song and a whole kind of sequence. That, that's a kind number. Of adds it wasn't to... just a song, it was a number. It's true, yeah. but it kind of adds to my point, I guess, that I made that I think inherently they're, the reason why these have been successful is because they're exactly the same story, but they add just enough that it's like, oh, it's a new take on Jasmine. It's new and it's like... Well, yeah, you know, this. I, I appreciate what you've done here, but I think you could have done something better with the entire film. You could have done something way better with all of this rather than just force this aspect in and then have everything else exactly the same. Sometimes, though, the soundtrack, the songs can carry the narrative of the film forward. Completely. But 
other times they just don't work at all. Mm. Now, you mentioned Beauty and the Beast just now, and I saw that actually a week or two ago. Mm. I came across it by accident on Amazon Prime. I thought, I'll look at that. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, well, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> um, but um, I watched it, and you know what I thought? That mm. it would be okay if it wasn't for the songs. The songs mm. got in the way. They, you mm. know, they weren't particularly adding to the narrative, but no. it's strange, really. I could tolerate the songs. Mm. Beauty and the Beast is, is a classic Walt Disney type of song. It's really watery yeah, and weak yeah, and it's... sugary, isn't it? Yeah, it's but, a classic song for Walt Disney. But, but I, could, I could bear that. I say bear it. I don't mind it. In the... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Animated version, but mm. in the live action version, I think you could do without the songs. Imagine that without the songs. I think well, it would have been a bit... Well, we kind of have that. It transitions us into another one, which Mulan. is Mulan. Yeah. Which was no terrible. Songs. It was awful. Oh, that's me. <laughs> It was though, wasn't it? Um, I you... would not. I would say it was underwhelming. I was looking <laughs> forward to. I was looking oh. forward to a lot of running and stampeding with horses and stabbing and kicking and mm. and there is a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And some of the some of the um, martial arts bit are good, so good. I think some of it's really well filmed. I like the bit where they're sort of running up the wall sideways and flying. Through, you know, that House was of, good. I'm not. House I'm, of I'm, House of flying daggers knockoff bits. Yeah, I will, yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. I am not an expert in... I've seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that's about it. Um, I'm really not um, an, an expert mm, on... Mm. Is it... I think I'm going to say it wrong. Is it Wuxia, I think? Uh, yeah, yeah. Films. You, we'll go with that. Is, we'll yeah. Go with that yeah. <laughs> um, I can't disagree with you there because I don't know. Um, I, I, I quite like that uh, genre film. So do I. I just yeah. haven't really got that's around fair. to that's exploring fair. it yet, really. Um, yeah. But I generally speaking, you know, as a viewer, I thought the set pieces of Mulan were quite well done. Mm-hmm. It was all well filmed, competently made, performances were fine. I just didn't, I don't know, maybe it's because I was watching at home. Maybe it's because I was watching at home on Disney+. Maybe, Plus. I mean, that could be, yeah. It just, it just <clears throat> underwhelmed me a bit. And I don't really know why. I don't want to say it was bad because I don't think there was any bad filmmaking mm. in there. But it, it did underwhelm me considering that was one on the face of it. That was thought there was the most point to remaking because there is no talking dragon, there is no songs. Like it, it is a different film, you know. That's a point to remaking it. There's a reason to do it in a way that I didn't receive for Lion King. See, it is, but I think the things they did in it, I was like, so like her just being inherently like this gifted individual. Yeah, I just yeah. was like, this kind of just does away with what. Like Mulan, it's cool as as 
as Brian said, to get rid of the musical numbers, which is a shame for Lula because I think it, it is because they're good the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a man and uh, is um, a great track. Like um, it's called that, isn't it? Yeah. Let's get down a bit. Yeah, I'll yeah. make a man out of you. That one. I'll make a man out of you. Yeah. Uh. Be a man. <laughs> I'll make a man out of you. That's a bit brutal. From <laughs> be a man. Come on, Jesus. All right, calm down. No, um, I'll make a man out of you is a classic. However, it's fine to do away with them if you're going to be providing me with enough of a story that I'm going to actually inherently care about them because. Mulan is already this sort of like inherently gifted individual who's like this perfect person who has this ability that nobody in the town wants her to use, but she's going to go do it to beat, you know, the evil Huns that are invading. I'm kind of like, man, this is boring. This is really boring because there's no stakes in that. I don't care about her journey because she's already they inherently really like... didn't make enough of. Well, I don't know if it's. I don't know. I think the chi is only outlawed to use it wrongly, but mm. I just think maybe it would have been. Also, if it was completely outlawed, like I don't know, it just felt like it was very kind of pointless. Mulan for me is very problematic, and we it is something to highlight. Mulan for me personally has a lot of problems. I'm somebody who massively is into martial arts, like I've I do Brazilian jiu jitsu, I watch mixed martial arts all the time, and I'm like, that is a big passion of my of Mm -hmm. my um uh, personal life. That film has a lot of inherent problems to it. There's a lot more to it, I guess, with the Chinese market, etc., which I don't really want to go into too much because that's a different discussion. But I think the whole thing with Qi, there's a huge cultural war happening right now in China between traditional martial arts and mixed martial arts. And Qi is something that in China is inherently used by the government to like try and control masses. They try and get people to do classes in which they control your Qi and things like that. Qi's a load of rubbish. I'm just putting that out there. It's complete rubbish. If, if you're doing that, listeners, I don't care you're offended. Stop doing it. Go do an actual martial arts. But like, there's a huge cultural war that's happening. And this film for me had so many problems with it that I was like, I can't get into this because I have a problem watching it. So that I will put my hands up. Yeah. That I maybe had a problem watching this film inherently because of that. So maybe if I didn't no. have that perspective. Well, I'll put my hand up and say I know nothing about it. And you may well be right. I can't, can't <laughs> say. I don't, you know, I don't know. It didn't look affect at, how look, I watched look, it. Look, but look yeah, into it. it's very interesting. There's actually, it's quite a sad story. This is completely irrelevant listeners, but uh, there's a very kind of sad story about a guy who's trying to prove that mixed martial arts or martial arts like it taught in China is like wrong. And the Chinese government are like completely destroying his life and have like done a mm. lot to ruin his life. It's a, it's a really interesting story. So I recommend looking it up. Mm. But yeah, I will put my hands up and say that Mulan was affected for me because of that. Like I, I didn't watch it perhaps as like a person just coming to it as a film. You know what I mean? It, I watched it with that problem. I, I, th- I mean, I think it's, you know, with a film like Mulan, you watch it and you, th- the words spring to mind like mm. efficient, competent. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't sort of really move you any further than that. You think, mm. well, it's well made. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And really, when you look at the way martial arts are presented on the big screen, mm-hmm. it kind of mer- it kind of gets submerged for me. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. the type of film that I, I personally could forget very quickly. Yeah. Because there, there is, because of the amount of films that you do see like this. Mm-hmm. But this is probably isn't as good as some other martial arts films you might see. And so I don't necessarily see it as a Walt Disney film or a Walt Disney remake. It's a martial arts film in some ways. 
you know, so I pref- I think I prefer the animated feature more though. I prefer the animated feature, and I think with that martial arts thing is probably why I didn't like it as much because you are right. I think that is what you start to look at it as, and then you look at it, you compare it to other martial arts films that we've discussed only moments ago. It's not as mm. good as them. It's not as good as those films, and it it leads back to I guess your point, Andy, where you're going, you're comparing it against films that they probably shouldn't be in the same remit as being compared to. Mm-hmm. You know, like you shouldn't have to compare. Mulan to you know House of Flying Daggers or Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon you shouldn't be comparing action films to Aladdin but that's kind of what they're getting dragged into um, I guess to loop back to my question um, because we kind of hit it we kind of hit would we say then the highest highs would we all agree the highest highs is is the Jungle Book and would we con- agree that perhaps the lowest lows of this are the um you know the the Lion Kings and the Mulans. Are we are we all in agreement? In um, I would say that hmm. I ran out of time and never watched the Jungle Book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I would also That's say, fine, don't worry. I would also say though, my personal number one. I would say like I'd say Lion King and Mulan. Neither. I'd say I prefer Aladdin to both mm-hmm. slightly. Mm-hmm. Maybe get, we haven't talked that much about. I maybe got a bit mm-hmm. onto that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say my favourite the ones I've seen would be Cinderella. Actually, that's, fa- that's fair. That's really, fair. surprisingly, I thought it would be maybe what Mulan was, mm. which was a bit competent and bland. Mm-hmm. I felt you know, incompetent and just okay. Mm-hmm. But I actually really, really enjoyed it. I just thought it was so simple. Yes. It was the simplicity of that story. But mm-hmm. like I say, the the original so old and so much cat and mouse stuff yes and very little time really telling that story and really embracing it you know yeah and i think lily james is very likable very charming very good in that role Mm -hmm. um the supporting cast is very all very well cast again Mm -hmm. um which a lot of these are well cast actually um yeah i think all of them are probably well cast i will say that for my criticism i actually think i don't think there's anybody in these that i'd be like god they're terrible you know yeah there's there's no acting issues but and I just think that's in the right. It just it, it it really embraced the whole thing. You know, her mm. dress is really gorgeous, and it really takes its time with her walking down the stairs and mm. the dance between the two of them. You know, a bit where he like touches her waist and she sort of gasps slightly. I'm like, this is really it's a it's a romance. It's a fairy tale romance, Cinderella, and it does it in well. a ridiculously idealistic <laughs> fairy tale, soppy, sugary, mm. overly romanticized way. And Kenneth Branagh knows that, and Kenneth Branagh leans into that so much mm-hmm. that I think it's far more enjoyable because of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't try and, re- try and reinvent the wheel, which maybe stops it being an exceptional film. Mm-hmm. But of these remakes, I think he actually does think quite radical and just takes the essence of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. He doesn't remake the film exactly the same. He takes the same essence mm-hmm. and embraces it on a butcher himself. He, it's also one of the few that really does make use of the live action well. Yes. I think the stuff with the animals is good because it's mostly people. Mm-hmm. With some cool animated, cool stuff with the CGI, with him turning back into the animals at, at mm-hmm. midnight and so that's all really fun, really visually interesting. In a way, they couldn't maybe do that long ago with the animation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I just think, think I it's agree with you, yeah, really yeah. enjoyable. I just thought it's exactly what it's supposed to be, what everyone wanted it to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm excited for the upcoming Cinderella. There's not a Disney mm-hmm. film. But mm. you know, doing musical K Cannon's making they it. Are, yeah, which looks um, with Billy Porter as a very godmother and Camilla Cabello and very yeah. excited to see that. Very mm. excited to see a new spin on it, if any mm. we need that more. But just purely from a craft point of view, 
Yes. I thought what Grana did with it was just play it straight, play it simple, but do it well. I agree with you. I think yeah. I completely agree with you. I think also apart that film, I think for me the two that I really liked were Lion King and Cinderella. I think why, do you know before I said when it's a, a sh- almost shot for shot, I don't mean it in a negative way. No, I, yeah. I felt it in a positive way because mm. something that all these films have tried to do, which is kind of what I, I mentioned before, and I would totally recommend everybody go watch Lindsay Ellis's video on Beauty and Beast. Um, they try to be very meta in ways and comment on things that Disney would like in a, almost in a negative way to make watchers laugh a bit. You know, it happened in Frozen. I think that's one of the best bits where they have like, oh, why are they getting married straight away? It's love at first sight, you know? And it's yes. like, mm. a, a lot of them do. Cinderella does not do that. It no. just tells a really great magical fairy tale story. And there's nothing wrong with telling a story like that. And that's yeah. why Cinderella, I agree with you. I completely agree that um, Cinderella. So Lion King has two votes of people who enjoyed what, uh, who have watched it. Cinderella has two votes. Have you watched Cinderella, Brian? I have. Yes. Yeah, um, very good. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of, it kind of, it's quite conservative in some ways, I think, mm. because it does stick to the, mm. the classic tale. It's how you picture it in your own mind, I guess. Mm. But, you know, it just, again, it just proves that they have great casting directors yeah, because, be. I mean, could you have picked, well, I suppose we've all got our own preferences, but could you have picked a better Cinderella than... I mean, uh, she looks like Cinderella, doesn't she? Lee James, yeah. I yeah. mean, she. You, you try and imagine what, what Cinderella would look like. You think, well, that's pretty much it, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's got that going for it. But I think sometimes that, you know, if you look upon it as a, as a work of art, the original story, the original film was a work of art, right? You sit down, you look at it, you, thought, you think to yourself, right, I can present this in a modern way, but I can be faithful to the story mm-hmm. and I think uh, most of the time I think we'd like to see that there but you enhance it mm-hmm. I think okay. and that's what Brian and Brian has done and I, I think it's a lovely film and a great story one of, one of the classic yes fables perfect. isn't it really it's perfect so, I completely yeah. agree I completely agree I think it's nice that we're all on the same page with some of them yes. because obviously uh, I know we have con- <clears throat> you know conflicting opinions perhaps on the general vibe I guess this leads us around because we're, we're coming into the uh, the final like run of our uh, podcast um i leads us into two things i'd like us to maybe touch upon before we we leave you listening um is that we we i've mentioned it previously and i think it obviously is pertaining to cruella coming out soon we've touched upon the remake aspect of these films so we've talked about a lot here and there's a few others that we haven't got to you know there's there's dumbo which came out as well alice in wonderland which is a little bit earlier of these ones but it's a part of that aspect is there an element to things like Maleficent and now Cruella, this sort of reimagining to a backstory, a new way of looking at a villain particularly? Do you think these have any merits at all? Do you guys think that? Like, uh, Brian, what do you, what do you think yeah, of these? I think, look, I think with, uh, with Cruella, I'm mm-hmm. fascinated by, by the, the premise and the concepts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. All right we, we see backstories all the time. We see prequels all the time. We're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But I think with Cruella, it's you know it's not a character that I thought would have been an obvious candidate for telling a backstory, really. Mm. Uh, and uh, but Emma Stone in the in the in the role as well fascinates me because mm. I think she's the type of actor that will get something new out of it, mm. will explore something different about Cruella because Cruella really the original Cruella character. It's, it's pretty sort of straightforward. There's, there's no depth to her. 
She's mm. just a baddie, isn't she? Mm-hmm. She's a nasty woman, right? And do we really want to know why? Mm. And so I'm interested from that point of view to see how significant that could be and how much it enhances the character and how much we appreciate that character. But, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting idea. And to go with a character like that and present their backstory in that way, I think is is, um, is an interesting proposition. So, mm. what, what about you, Andy? What do you think? Because I don't want to... I don't want to jump on my opinion because I don't want this just to be me shouting my opinion to everybody in the universe <laughs> and being like, you must listen. I am right. I have an opinion and therefore I yeah. am right. No. Um, no, yeah, I think... I don't know. I'm feeling quite optimistic. I, mm. I'm trying to be optimistic, at least, for mm. Cruella. Mm-hmm. Um, because on the face of it, at least, there is more point to it. We, we've spent mm. ages sitting here criticising The Lion King for just making some making the same thing again but with fancy computers. Yes. And this is not that. Mm. So, you know, it is part of a quite a recent trend of, you know, trying to like do villain stories and do we really need to do villains, you know, villain origin stories? Because yes, everyone's a human, everyone's got complexity and depth, but the films they came from as ideas, as fairy tales, don't really have complexity and depth. And do we kind of want that you know in those mm-hmm. worlds with superheroes and things necessarily all the time um maybe maybe not i actually don't know the answer um but i think cruella for me i'm could go either way could could be a sort of pointless spin-off that seems like they're doing something new and different and actually is just bland or mm-hmm. it could genuinely be really good the main reasons i'm optimistic are a emma stone love emma mm-hmm. stone mm-hmm. the fact if you if people think Emma Stone won her Oscar for La La Land, mm. it's good in La La Land, mm. but it's not the most exciting. Before she is for good in it, it's not the most exciting role for her. Mm-hmm. You see Emma Stone in The Favorite, oh, such a good mm. film, mental. Such a good film. She's, yeah. she's she has got so much potential to be mm. absolutely off the wall, wacky, yeah. crazy, over the top. And she's if you've only seen her in La La Land and think that's what yeah. she is as an actress, then you've true. You know, you've got it all wrong. And I think, yeah, exactly. You missed out. I love it when she's unleashed a bit. And Mm. I'm really hoping Corella works for that and she gets to do that. I, Um, I, yeah. And also, Craig Gillespie is making it. He made Itonia, and I really liked Itonia. Itonia's great. Itonia's great. So that's a a vote of confidence, I think. I wish I was more optimistic than you two. I really do. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've become cynical in my old age of 26. (laughs) Maybe I'm just like a real cynical old man. Mm. Um, But Mm. the trailers, when I heard it on paper, because this kind of links to Maleficent a bit, I saw Maleficent, and I do think if we've we've been, I've particularly been banging on the drum of these live action remakes being completely a nostalgia days and like uh, almost like a ex- nostalgia. Um, what's the word um, uh, when you're taking exploit exploitation? Um, and it's almost as if the people are you know using the fact that we, you know, my age group, for example, has got to a point where you know, these films, now there is a nostalgia for them, so they're almost exploiting that element of nostalgia that I have for Aladdin and Lion King and The Jungle Book. Maleficent and Cruella, in a way, I do have more time for, because they are inherently doing something new, which I agree with you there, Andy. They're bringing something new to the table that I am more interested by than just seeing a remake of The Lion King. 
But Maleficent for me was such a letdown in terms of what I thought it could have been. Because when I got to see it, it was this film that was like, you know, we're going to find out what she's really about. And, oh, she was wronged. She was wronged, and that's why she's a real nasty person. And I was like, man, how anticlimactic. And, oh, maybe the storyteller's not reliable. And I was like, that's a bit more interesting, but you still didn't go into that as much. That's a shame that you didn't do that. And I just thought they missed a trick with how they could have presented that. Now, I'm hoping Coella's better, because... I'm like, I do think there's merit to it. But those trailers did not have me excited at all. Like, those trailers were so, like, she's an edgy person who was from the bottom and then she claimed... And why she hates dogs is because her evil manager had dogs and she kidnapped him and now she wants to kill all the dogs, apparently. Like, I'm sure there's more to it, but the trailers just did nothing for me at all. Like, it made me just go, oh, please don't be like Maleficent, please. Well, well, the thing is, though, Ian, it could be that the the trailer... The trailers can sometimes work in two ways, can't they? Mm. Sometimes they can put all the best bits in the trailer mm. and you you get to see the film and you think, oh, God, no, I, sh- I shouldn't have bothered. I should have just stuck with a 30-second trailer. Maybe this will be the yeah. other way around. Yeah. Suicide Squad is that example. That 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 is the mm. the trailer was better than the original film. That that the the film's terrible. And it's quite an indictment that though, isn't it? Ace, when the trailer's better than the film. Uh, it's real. It's oh man, it's crazy. And also, I <laughs> guess the, the thing with the trailer is that the uh, filmmaker doesn't make the trailer. Like that's sent to a company to do that for them. So yeah. they're going to pick out the bits that they think will be marketable rather than the whole film. And. I shouldn't judge the film on the trailer, but obviously a trailer's meant to entice you in, so it it didn't do much for me, those trailers. Did, yeah. I mean, have either of you seen the trailer? What did you think from that? I saw one of them, yeah. and I wasn't really excited, but mm. I also wasn't downhearted, disheartened I, too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, they, it didn't stand out, necessarily, yeah. Yeah. the trailer, but what stood out for me was was Emma Stone. I, you know, She's I'm placing, yeah, I'm placing so much faith in in her mm-hmm. making it work because I thought, oh, Emma Stone. It's, it's it's a bit like a kind of a guarantee, a stamp, isn't it? You think, all right, Emma Stone's in it. It's going to be decent. It's gonna Ooh, be decent. well, Ooh, barring that one where she played a native Hawaiian woman, which was really oh, yes. awkward. Yeah, that's what, what was that? <laughs> yeah, Aloha. <laughs> Aloha. It's uh, awful. She played. Yeah, well, it's really bad. It's really bad. Well, she's allowed one dud, isn't she? <laughs> We'll allow her one dud. We'll allow yeah. her that. We'll allow yeah. her that. Especially when yeah. she's been in some of my favourite films like Birdman as well. Like she's great in that. And uh, also like, early yeah. on, Easy A, which I actually think Oh, I really, love Easy A. Yeah, really one really, of my favourite TV movies. I really love that and I think it's a really good interpretation of the Scarlet Letter, which I think's a like yeah. I like that. I like that they did that. Um yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think, if I'm honest, I feel like I'd like us to return again to discuss this because there's so much mm. to it. And I actually think there's a lot of levels to it because as I highlighted at the beginning, I think there's an inherent thing that we're seeing with Disney at the moment that I think could talk about a lot of things. So as somebody who studied uh, English literature and stuff, I think my mind sometimes goes a little bit too much into dissecting like what it means. But, but I think there is a lot to say about that we're seeing in the 90s we didn't see an uptrend in these remakes but this time we are and why is that why is that happening so i'd love us to come back and maybe discuss this particularly that all three of us i imagine are going to see coella Mm. um which i know i definitely am because i am interested by it it's just the trailers just did very little but my my question i was going to loop and it's coming to it's coming to the end of our time together um 
what mm. films would you guys want to see? And Chris, uh, not Chris, sorry, I read my name on here. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening. <laughs> um, Andy, what I, I hope you agree with me. There's one that I thought about which I wanted to be made, particularly based on your opinions that bad films should be remade. What films do you guys want to see in live action that perhaps would do that film a service over animation, which is impossible, but do that film a service that, that it may be missed out on? Go ahead, Ivor. Jump well, on it. When, when <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest. When I was a kid, uh, like mm. a, a child, I wasn't the biggest Disney Disney fan. Okay, like, Brian, what do you think? No, I'm joking. No, no, <laughs> I'm joking. No, no, I, I do. I, did. I, was, I was very much raised on Pixar. Yes. Um, yeah. Rather than the Disney classics, mm-hmm. but I would say, um, but and a lot of the ones I did grow up with was the ones that, the big ones I grew up with are Aladdin, Mulan, and Lion King, and they've done all of them. Yeah. So the ones I would maybe quite like are the ones I haven't seen for years, but mm-hmm. I liked when I was younger, and people forgotten about a bit things like Atlantis and Treasure Planet, that yes. kind of area yes. of people like you no know, people forget, but I remember really liking them. Um, but maybe forget because they could have been better and therefore why not make them better? Well, do you know what? Atlantis and uh, Treasure Planet were the two I was going to talk about. And there's one oh, more okay. I was going to, but Good. I agree with you. Those were the two that I, I, I thought they could be the ones based on what you said before. Because hmm. I think those films, it's not that they're bad, but they certainly are not in the, the you know, Classic. the upper echelons yeah. of the classics. So I completely agree. Brian, what about yourself? Well, um, with with Walt Disney, I mean, they plund- they got a hell of a back catalogue, and they they've plundered so much. But mm. there there is one film, one animated feature that they haven't done, and that's the Aristocats, mm. early sixties. Yeah, uh, and it's to me, it's it's the time's right to do it. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not been done mm-hmm. because they've done virtually other every other Walt Disney animated feature around that time. Mm-hmm. But they haven't done the Aristocats, mm-hmm. and I think it could work. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're. I, know, I could see that. Maybe they're um, just too scared of doing live action cats after <laughs> after, after cats. cats. I'm not because... gonna lie, listeners and the the gang here. I love cats. Not not like I. Me and my partner and my best friend, we got absolutely plastered watching that. It is one of the best drinking films ever made. Like, it, you will die if you keep to the drinking rules. I'm just going to say well, that. <laughs> well, with, with Cats, the film, right, I actually reviewed it. Did you? And, yeah, I reviewed it. It got three stars. I thought I was being a bit generous, Very to be generous, honest. But yeah. I was in a good mood. Out of 100? And... <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, the funny thing was, right, I said the best thing about it was, was not the best thing, but the most you know acceptable thing about it was the CGI. It seemed to work, mm-hmm. and I actually got Bob's not Bob's Town. What's that character? Bombalarina mixed up with another character, <laughs> and somebody somebody drops us and I to say you got those two mixed up. So I thought, well, I was wrong about that. The CGI being that good because I couldn't sell one cat <laughs> from the other. And, and and if that person who wrote in is listening to this. Thank you for pointing that out, because <laughs> it because re- it just made me realise how far off my my um, monitor was. <laughs> I think you're right, maybe with the aristocrats, and I, I I think 
my choice of one that I would like to see remade. I Atlantis and Treasure Planet were one of the ones of the more uh, recent ones that I was like, it's recent. It's they weren't great. Let's redo them. And it's my philosophy of that. There's one which is a very lesser known film, but it actually was it it it, it was a big nail coffin for Disney at that time, and it did a lot of damage to their brand. It's the the Black Cauldron. It is mm. a lesser-known one um, that was made back in the 1980s. It was 1985, and it's kind of like that midpoint from the classics to the Renaissance, where Disney were making like a lot of like very throwaway films. There's some in there that I think people like, which is probably like uh, Robin Hood and, and um, uh, Sword and Stone. But they were uh, they were films that were a bit more like you can see those films that they copied some of the original animation and just layered mm. over animation onto it um, to just use them for cheaper. But Black Cauldron was this project that they really wanted to like run with, and it was this big thing, and it just didn't work at all. It like um, did, did really badly. Sorry, Sword of the Stone was a lot earlier than I thought it was. It's 1963. Fox and the Hound is a better example of those. Oh, Fox um, and the Hound, yeah, I've got yeah, that. another example of one that like they tried to use. It didn't really work. It kind of like didn't push as high as they would have liked. I think the Black Cauldron is a really good one to remake because it's a fantasy film that's like got this guy who's meant to be fighting this great evil across the land and like i think it would actually really work in live action and after we've seen such a like a big boom in sort of these like almost mythical like properties after game of thrones which ended badly but let's not talk about it but after the after these boom of like vikings and things like that i think people would actually really enjoy seeing a film like the black cauldron i think it would actually do really well um but yeah that's my take on it i guess i mean have have you seen the black cauldron or is it one that you're a bit like oh i've never heard of that I have not. Mm. Um, I'm also. I think I, go ahead, Brian. No, sorry. I was gonna gonna say. I think I saw it a very long time ago. Though. Yeah, yeah. Very long one, time I, ago. This is how much I'm into animation. I've seen some weird old Disney animation films. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Andy? Sorry. I was going to say um, just that I'm. I've been looking. I don't know what, before this. I had a look at what Disney have in the works. I okay, think. Yeah, fire away. Please what we have. What they have. That's planned. a really good way to. Because you mentioned up, a few of them. We mm-hmm. ones that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, not many. Not the Black Cauldron. Um, oh, <laughs> I believe they are doing Sword and Stone. Okay. And like you said, I think they're getting one of the Game of Thrones writers on it. That's cool. Um, well, no, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's one of the showrunners. I think it's a. Oh, thank God! Thank God. Um, I might be wrong, but somebody worked on Game of Thrones. Cool. Um, they're doing Robin Hood as well oh, the, with the foxes that's made by oh, yeah. um yeah, that'd um, yeah they're doing that with the blind spotting director okay um right. carlos lopez estrada mm-hmm. um and uh we've also got hercules they're doing oh i don't i oh i really love hercules i don't want them to ruin yeah. that. Um, i really love that they're film. doing um snow out the seven dwarves okay they're doing Hunchback of Notre Dame. They're mm. doing Bambi. Bambi? Yeah. Bambi, really? Which is going to be very hmm. upsetting. Ba- what? Watch. Bambi? Uh, um, yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. I bet that's like The Lion King. I bet they yeah. do it exactly Which like would be that. so sad. And yeah. Anyway. I don't um, see Bambi's bum die in real life. I know, I exactly. see that. I, I think it needs a rewrite. I yeah. think it needs a rewrite. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think they're also doing some... I don't think it's... A, it might be a TV series. I'm, I might mm. be wrong. Um, they're doing something Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Um, Lilo really Stitch. Which I remember loving as a kid. I love Lilo I haven't seen it for years. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just checking now. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I, live I'm looking. Checking. I'm giving yeah. you the. So we've got the floating door. I think you're the fact checker. I think that's what I'm going to call you for now. <laughs> the, the fact the, checker. Yeah. yeah, they're doing they're doing a live action. Um, Liam Stitch, I think. Awesome. Okay. And it's going to be just, and that might be. I don't. We don't know. Some of these, I think, are going to be direct Disney Plus. Some of these mm -hmm. are going to be real. Mm -hmm. Real cinema, we know, Releases, big, yeah, big ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one, which is interesting because I want to mention this, um, is Pinocchio because that was one I adored as a kid. Um, and we're getting two Pinocchio films because we wow. just had one, didn't we? We just had an Italian film we did. that was not a Disney film, it was a no. new telling of the story mm -hmm. with, um, I think it was Matteo Garoni made it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're getting a Disney. Interesting. Remake, interesting. I think mm -hmm. from Robert Zemeckis oh. with Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Right. Okay. And we're also getting a non-Disney, presumably much darker, oh. stop-motion telling for Netflix yes. made by Guillermo del Toro. Oh well, yes. I I know which one I'm more excited yes, for. Yes, me think too. If the listeners um, know anything from just listening to this, you all know which one I want to see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, like, oh my god, that's that's the film. They're the films we want to see. I yes. want to see uh, stop motion Del Toro Pinocchio, but it's I not going to be. It's not <laughs> a Pinocchio remake. It's a it's a new it's a new telling of the tale. I think I want to see a stop motion Del Toro Lion King. That's what I want to see. I want to see. <laughs> I want to go. I want all of them to be weird. I want them. To, I want these um, weird interpretations. Can I throw another one in? Fire yes. This before we fit the Rescuers. Oh yeah. Seventy seven. Oh yes. Two mice rescuing a little girl. Kidnapped. Yeah. That's oh, a great brilliant. one. That's a great one. I agree. I I like that one too. I think we've got. Do you know what? I think. To to sum up, if you don't mind me, guys, to do a, like a summary of what we've talked about this evening, mm -hmm. I don't think either three of us are anti remakes, but perhaps more how they present them and how they make yeah. them. I think you know. To I feel like I'm doing the summary of our opinions. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I, yeah, I feel like if they present something new, or at least present something that like is worth telling, we're all in for it. But when mm. they do something like The Lion King or Mulan. We're just kind of like, why, as you said, that great quote from um, Jurassic Park. Fire it away, Andy. Oh, um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, it's fine. Just because um, you were too busy thinking, well, you're too busy worrying about whether you could that you didn't stop to think about whether you should. Exactly. And uh, I think if Classic they don't live quote. by that philosophy, a great quote, if they don't live by that philosophy, I think we're actually on, we could have some great films from the ones you've listed there and some of the ones we want to get remade. You know, I think there's some things up there that could be really great films. They just don't do it like Lion King or Moonland, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Disney, mm -hmm. if you're listening, definitely listen to us, all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think, is that a good way to close up, guys? Are we all happy? I, th I think so. I tell you what, it's a good way to close up, seeing as we've yep. been talking about Disney remakes, and then we all got more excited about a non-Disney remake. <laughs> <laughs> um, was the reason I was distracted is because I was looking at the voice cast for... Del Toro's Pinocchio. Okay. And it's incredible. Okay, We've got... Fire it at me. Hugh McGregor. Awesome. David Bradley, a.k.a. Filch from Harry Potter. Brilliant. Ron Perlman, Tilda Swinton, Amazing. Christoph Waltz, Kate Blanchett, Brilliant. Tim Blake Nelson, Finn Wolfhard, John Turturro. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. That's impressive, isn't it? Alexander Desplat on the score. 
<laughs> this one should not have been about this. It shouldn't have been about yeah, exactly, this. Exactly, yeah. It should have so, been about this. <laughs> how can it fail? How can it fail? Hijacked oh. our, yeah. <laughs> our Disney podcast. Mm. Do you know what? That's a great way to round off. Watch that. Don't watch, watch that. Any of yeah. yeah, go out and watch that. Not the Disney remake. <laughs> watch the Del Toro remake of Pinocchio. That's amazing. What a cast. What a cast. Netflix. Well, that's a great way to close up, guys. Well, yeah. that's in review. Watch Pinocchio by <laughs> Del Toro. <laughs> right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and I hope to, that we can rendezvous again in the future and maybe talk about this subject again because I think there's a lot of aspects to it. And I love talking animation. So anytime, any place, it's happy to be there. So thanks, everybody. I'm sure the guys are thankful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Been great. Yeah. Been great as ever. Very good. Fantastic. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we hope to have you here. Goodbye. That's very serious, but goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.